0: Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
1: There is a story for everyone here because every story matters. Did you know my friends that peace is a practice and peace is not just this fuzzy feeling that you have inside, it passes all understanding. And my guest today is actually a return uh, guest, she has been on the show before and we had an amazing conversation back then and this conversation does not disappoint for you guys. I know you're going to love it. Her name is Morgan Harper Nichols. Now, for those of you that don't know who she is, she's a popular Instagram poet and an artist. She has garnered a loyal online following of nearly 2 million people and each poem she shares is created in response to the personal stories submitted by her friends and followers as well as her own stories too. In addition to her burgeoning career as a poet and illustrator, Morgan has also successfully established her reputation as a musician. She has some pretty incredible songs uh, on her album, With her song Storyteller, which amassed more than 1 million Spotify plays thus far, she currently has partnerships with Target, Starbucks, Kind Bar, and many, many more. She is the best-selling author of one of my favorite books too, which is How Far You Have Come, which pretty much is a beautiful depiction of life and many different places that Morgan has actually been to over the course of her life. She has a new book out now called Peace is a Practice, an invitation to breathe deep and find a new rhythm for life. Simply put, she invites us all to become peacemakers in our own lives by giving us simple tools and ways to incorporate peace into our daily routines, even in, especially in, the tougher circumstances from racism to diagnosis. Now Morgan is someone that is a parent and she's also a parent living with autism. So we do discover uh, finding out what it's like living with autism and coming under that diagnosis. But Morgan is also a huge advocate for women living with autism as well as those grappling with the issue in race in America. She also talks about both of these big issues in a new book, Peace is a Practice. So my friends, if you do get something from this conversation, and I have no doubt that you will, please do share it around. Before you go, it takes literally 10 seconds to do this, but you see that on if you're on Apple Podcasts, that is, they see that little plus symbol? Click that symbol and don't miss another episode ever Again, it means you are subscribed to the box, and I would love to have you guys subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on three episodes a week. I'm working really, really hard to bring you guys some great guests uh, and incredible stories as well. This episode is also brought to you by my amazing friend, Mary Ruth from Mary Ruth Organics. You can get 15% off all Mary Ruth Organic products by going to Uh, MaryRuthOrganics.com and at the checkout using discount code J15, that is J15. I am personally a fan of their digestive enzymes as well as their vitamin C gummies and there is so many more amazing supplements and products on the website for you guys to choose from. So don't wait to take take over and take care of your health right now. Use code J15 at the checkout. All right, my friends, you know what time it is. It's time to practice peace. But as we journey into this story box, and we listen to the incredible wisdom, the advice, and the stories of none other than Morgan Harper Nichols.
2: Yes, and thank you so much for having me. It's it's an honor to be back. I I yeah. It seems like. That was forever ago, but I, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for making the time
1: to come back on the show and, and to speak about all the, the new incredible things you are doing into the, in the world. My very first question for you is why did you, did you decide to write another book?
2: Yeah, so I was, um, I had a very kind of interesting and really deep experience over the past few years that was pretty life altering and that was i was diagnosed with autism and i and then since being diagnosed it's just been day after day week after week month after month year after year now learning more and more about myself and who i am and also a lot of the things that i've struggled with and also, the other side of it is how throughout my life, even though I was living without answers for this huge part of my life, I was also learning how to practice being present to every moment. And it was just such a it was such aai I don't know how to describe it other than just a, a grace filled realization, because it's sometimes I think, you know, it's, it, it can be easy to look back on our lives and see quote unquote the missing pieces or what feels fragmented or it's like oh I never figured that out or I never made it here or what I thought I was going to do but it's so it's such a gift when we're able to look back and see wow but even amidst all of that I was learning how to be present to the moment. I was learning how to trust. I was learning how to create. I was learning how to grow in empathy. And all of that came from learning how to find peace in the present moment. Mm -hmm. So I was just really... It was just really through this very deep experience that I've been having of having a look back over my whole life after my diagnosis. I I felt really empowered by just realizing, wait a second, I've already been practicing finding peace in daily life, and I just want to invite other people on that journey to see how we can continue to practice peace together. So. That's what really motivated me to want to go deeper into this topic. I, I share a lot of poetry and art, but this book is is the first time I really get into the practical. Like I, I really lay it out as clear as I know how different things that we can practice based upon my own experiences and also things that I've researched and studied on how we can practice peace in daily life. So,
1: yeah. You invite, you invite uh, everyone that is reading the book or even not reading the book, to become peacemakers in the world, which I think is a very needful and important principle to live by or live in life because who doesn't want peace? I mean, yes. it's kind of crazy to think that there are people out there that don't want it, but I want peace. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah it's it's hard when you're kind of wrestling and you have those feelings of, of anxiety and there's no peace in your life. But I'm curious about when you first got your diagnosis of autism, what was going through your mind during that first, yeah, the first time you got old?
2: Yeah. So it was a, I felt very free. I felt very liberated because up until that point, I lived with a struggle that didn't have a name and It's not like that day the struggle went away, but that's why language can just be so valuable when you have someone else. And in my case, it was in the form of a diagnosis from a specialist. When you have someone else say, here here it is. Like here is what you're experiencing. This is gonna kind of help you explain what's going on. I just felt so free to just take a deep breath and say, wow, it's not all on me to try to just fix this every day, but it's it's something that I can be aware of and I can navigate through day by day, situation by situation, what I can do and what I can't do. And I was just so grateful for that because before that, I, I didn't really know. I was just like, for instance, one of the um, components of, of, being autistic that many people struggle with. And of course, autism is a spectrum, so not everyone has the same exact experiences, but many people on the spectrum do struggle with communication and struggle with um, just, even just kind of like a lot of those unspoken social cues and things in society. And I have I mean, I have an encyclopedia, like not like a not like a 500 page encyclopedia. I'm talking about that old school A to Z that used to take up the whole bookshelf. I have an encyclopedia worth of stories in my life where I missed out on sarcasm or I misunderstood someone's tone of voice because I don't hear. I don't pick up on tone very well. So I have to kind of overcompensate and really, really listen to every single word that someone says, but I'm not perfect. I miss it. I I, I make mistakes. And I just live with just a lifelong (laughs) list of like, all these little moments of where I was embarrassed, um, moments where I I didn't get a job because of, of things like that, or, or moments where, where a friend misunderstood me and didn't want to be a friend anymore. So, you know, it's, it's pretty heavy, um, what, what an, an autistic person could go through. And, and that, and a lot of that was just a part of my story. So it was just so, freeing to just be able to, to, to say, oh, wow, all of that stuff, there was something deeper going on there. And I don't have to put that pressure on myself to, to just sort it out and try to like fix it all in this moment. So,
1: yeah. That freeing feeling that you described when you first found out, is that the same as peace that you've
2: discovered? Yeah. So one of the things that I've written a lot about and and I wrote about just in terms of peace is that I really tried to push against the idea that we can only use dictionary definitions to define things. Now, I'm a word nerd. I love my dictionaries. I love I've got all of them. I've got like. Print dictionaries. I'm, I even like subscribe to dic- dictionary apps. So <laughs> I'm somebody who loves definitions and what words mean and why we you use certain words. But I do think that at times there's this intellectualization that happens and then we get so focused on like but what does it mean how does it apply how does it apply to scenario a scenario b scenario b dot c and it just gets so intellectual that we forget that we've been given these bodies to breathe in, and just by starting with simple things that we've been doing our whole lives, such as taking a deep breath, can help us to find peace in a more embodied way that we can bring into our daily practices. So, at the beginning, at the very beginning of the book, I define peace as a river. I talk about this old song that I grew up listening to, "It Is Well with My Soul," and I talk about how the first line of the song is, "When peace like a river attended my way," and I t- tell the story of of uh, the man who. Wrote that song, who wrote that song while he was on the Atlantic Ocean going to go meet his wife after they had just um, experienced some of the worst loss that you could ever experience. Their four daughters had died on the ocean and they drowned, they died. And when he penned this song, When Peace Like a River Attendeth My Way, the deeper I looked into that, I was like, "This, this isn't coincidence that someone at that low of a place. I haven't experienced that, but someone experiencing some of the worst loss that you, that a human can experience losing your four kids. Peace was a river. And I started to think about rivers and I was like, rivers aren't everywhere all the time. Like we can't just like Look out the window and just see an abundant river most of the time. A river is something that you have to go searching for. You have to go looking for it. And if you're in, if you've ever been in a forest, headed toward a river. You have to slow down and listen for the rush of the water to hear it. We can you can't just talk and move really fast. You have to slow down and listen and practice finding your way to that river. And as I just started to reflect on this, I'm like, oh, you know, again, I can't talk to Horatio Spafford. I don't know if that's like literally what he meant, but I was like, that is so freeing to not have to intellectualized peace as like this itemized list that I need to find and figure out for every moment, but it's it's something I can seek in daily life. I can slow down and practice seeking it. So yeah, that's how I, how I began to define peace. I started with, with an image and I, and I really encourage others to do the same.
1: Yeah. I grew up with that song too. It's a beautiful, beautiful song, but I also grew up with that other song, I got peace like a river.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, yes. the actions.
1: I remember Sunday school yeah. having to do it. But it's yeah. so true because every time that I have been near sort of like a lake or a river and the stillness and the calmness, I equate that to, well, I try and equate that to how my life is going in some capacity. So mm-hmm. I look at the river and I'm like, how can something that can be like so wild at, at times be also so calm but it's so true mm-hmm. to, to life isn't it we we can be wild we can be not peaceful but then yeah. we've got to come back to it to some respect yeah. so I, I just love the the river analogy and how you've equated that to, to peace but the because uh, you're a word nerd i think this is pretty cool um yes. the differences defining our terms a little bit the differences between being calm and peaceful. Are they both the same thing or are they different?
2: Yeah. So, you know, looking at, you know, the origins of the word, I'm not as familiar with the origins of the word calm, but I do know that in the Latin, I know that peace means, I forget the actual Latin word, but it comes from, um, it comes from a, Uh, An an agreement, an agreement with that's what that word means, which I find that to be so fascinating because it's like when you think about. I feel like you hear peace and agreement, you might automatically start thinking about, oh, peace treaties, like two countries having peace together. And of course, okay, that's part of it. And yes, it's great if countries are at peace with each other. Um, And at the same time, it's like, well, that also uh, uh, applies to ourselves. Like, are we are we in an agreement with like Who we are and I think that a lot of times it's easy to not be and to kind of become very fragmented and it's not like all our fault because we live in a world where there's so much overstimulation there's so much inner information overload and we can't just blame it on ourselves like none of us asked for (laughs) for a lot of these things we just had to kind of learn how to adapt and use them so we can't just like put all that on ourselves but we can recognize and say oh wait a second wait a second maybe there's something here as to why things feel separate and I do think that when we're able to take those social media breaks or take breaks away from our screen or have quiet moments that can help lead us into a state of calm. So I, that's at least, you know, my little bit of <laughs> knowledge about it. Um, I do think that those words can, of course, sometimes be interchanged. And, and I will say that I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a, like a weird word nerd in that way is like I am I personally am okay with the interchangeable words. Like I think that sometimes that there's sometimes that that, that word calm for someone that might mean something that they're like, yeah, that, that to me helps me define peace in that moment. And of course, you know, it's, there's so much to be said about definitions and how we define things, but I do think it's like, yeah, if, if that word means something to you, calm, then, then, then that also applies to this too. Yeah. Well, I kind of put you on the spot there for a second. So, Oh yeah no well you you're, <laughs> you're good I could talk about that forever and it's it's one of those things I don't have answers for but I just like you know I like talking about it <laughs> I'm I'm glad that you can
1: <laughs> cuz yeah. I know that I would have gotten stuck if I had been asked that question <laughs> um, but this this idea of you pursuing peace uh with autism have you found that to be uh, what are some things you come across that are challenging with pursuing pace and having, mm-hmm. I guess people would call a disability. Do you see it as a disability? Yeah.
2: yeah, it definitely is. And, and that's something that, you know, maybe everyone doesn't agree on that, you know, term, but for me, it, it definitely, it definitely is a disability in a lot of ways. I mean, there are like, I'll give an example. I mean, there's just some simple things such as, you know, watching a movie, like I have to watch it with captions on, like, I won't be able to understand it without them. And there's so many little things like that that are a part of my daily life. And the only way that I am able to make it through all these little moments where I am oftentimes overwhelmed or I don't feel like I have all the tools that I need is by learning how to breathe, by learning how to take deep breaths, by learning how to release some of the tension in my body. I have to do that. It is it is not optional for me. So I absolutely have to. And even prior to having my diagnosis, that's something I was doing growing up. I even remember at times like playing with other kids, like people would ask me like, why are you breathing so hard? And I, I, would, I didn't know terms like breath work back then. I didn't know any of that stuff, but something within me knew like, yes, you were made to breathe. And you need to take this moment. And if you have to take more time than other people, then there's no shame in that. And I think that's a a huge thing that I am talking about so much these days is that I think that we all have different capacities. And I think that at times, if something maybe overwhelms you or makes you anxious, that it doesn't make someone else anxious, Mm -hmm. that you might start to feel like you're doing something wrong. And I think that what my diagnosis has shown me is that, no, just because I need more time, just because I need more deep breaths, just because I have to practice this even more, it doesn't make me less than it doesn't make me unqualified. It doesn't make me, you know, worse than someone else. So that's something that i'll I'll probably just continue to talk about for all of time, because I think they're so, many issues with that. I mean, even when you think about mental health and so many people are, are left feeling like, wow, if I don't just wake up in the morning and just feel great, then, then something's wrong with me. You know, everyone else is great. So yeah, that's something I, I I really love to talk about. And I feel like having my diagnosis has definitely equipped me to talk about that more. Yeah.
1: What would you say has been your most vulnerable moment writing the book or even in life?
2: Yeah, I I had some. It's hard to narrow it down. Like this book has a lot. It has a lot of like. Oh, I I I, yep. I put that in the book. I yep. I went there. I I talked about that Um, because there's. It's. I realized that it it was impossible for me to talk about peace without talking about the times where it felt like it had been completely robbed of me and taken away. So I share a story in this book um, about a a childhood bully that physically attacked me when I was a young kid. And I I went my entire childhood without telling anyone, including my parents. Um, I was kicked in the face. And yeah, I just, I didn't tell anyone. And I put that story in there because You know, unfortunately, there are people out there who have worse stories, even than what, you know, just in terms of like the the what what people do. I mean, it it just gets so bad. And I I don't say worse in terms of like, oh, there you know, it's just it's just it can get worse than even what happened to me. But I put that there because I was like, I want to make it clear that I'm not, t- that peace is not about saying like, everything's fine. Peace doesn't mean that you just brush away all the bad stuff. Like sometimes peace looks like asking for help. It looks like letting other people know, hey, this happened to me. I don't really know where to go from here, but I need some help. I need to be able to talk to someone about this. So yeah, it was it was something like that. I. I struggle with putting it in the book because I didn't even the person who did that, who kicked me in the face. Like I've even, I was even like, Oh my goodness. Like, I don't even want, I got, I know what they were going through in their life. And now that I've grown up, I, I, I can see it from a bigger perspective, but it was hard to even just still say that. And I'm like, wow, if this is hard for me to talk about something that long ago that happened, imagine how somebody feels who just had someone, something happened to them yeah. a month ago. So I was just like, I, I think it's important for me to share that because because I'm like, if it's just one story that helps someone else see like, okay, yeah, I'm not holding this in any longer. It's time to talk about it. It's time to seek justice or for whatever it is. If that's, if that's what's going on, then I was like, yeah, it's it's worth talking about.
1: Well, it shows everyone that you're not alone. And Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that story. I know it's never an easy thing to share that you've been bullied or you've been hurt by someone else. Uh, And I can relate to the bullying aspect because there was a, when I was in, I just started high school and there was a kid that started as well and he had it out for me. Like he did not like me one bit and I was standing by myself watching uh, some guys play basketball at my school one day. And this bully just decides that he wants to jump on my back. And I was a small kid and, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't support his weight. He was he was mm. pretty big. And then my 11th, 12th, and 13th rib all just popped out in quick succession. Uh, and I lived with that pain for quite some time, thinking that I've got to be tough. I've got to, mm. you know, no one needs to know about this, move on. Uh, and then I finally told mom, and then we had to go and see someone to go and fix my back. But I still live with that, those those scars, if you know what I mean. Like, I need mm. to keep that area it's a weakness of mine because of that Mm. so i need to keep that area strong now Mm -hmm. and there are times where i get a little bit annoyed and a little bit frustrated at that like it couldn't it could have stopped like Mm -hmm. the bullying is never acceptable but those are the times where i just need to like you said take a deep breath in and Mm -hmm. out and just learn to live with it as best i possibly can and let it go because it does contribute you did mention the mental health side of things. So a lack of peace in your life can contribute to uneasiness, like we were saying before, and it can also contribute to depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I have noticed that. Is that something mm-hmm. that you've experienced in your own life?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, and I mean, for me, a lot of it was just not knowing the root of what I was going through and as a teenager especially I really really struggled with depression and even more I would say anxiety as I grew older and it it became it became hard to define at times for me I didn't always I didn't always feel like even if I like Googled what I thought, you know, I'm like, what to do if you're dealing with anxiety? And I'm like, I don't even feel like that definition really encapsulates, you know, what I'm feeling. And there were times where I just didn't even know how to explain what I was feeling. And that's one reason why I've just been so grateful for therapy. You know, I I know that there's many kinds of therapy and, and but for me i I've, I've gone to a lot of talk therapy and it's been helpful for me to have spaces to find the language to practice finding the language because i i think in, in some ways it's like we can share we can hear each other's stories and we can share each other's stories but at the end of the day it's your story and it's worth it to find language for the story that you've been living all these years And I think that for those who are in maybe like any type of creative field, we kind of see that more clearly, but it's like, you don't have to be an artist to sit down and recognize that I am a storyteller. I get to, to speak about all of these different things that are happening in my story. So I just think that that's so important because, you know, unfortunately the effects of depression have really been very serious especially over these past few years and and, you know i say to anyone listening like please seek immediate help you know it's it's there's no if you need that there's no shame in that and i just don't think that can be said enough so for me whether i am sort of like in a mental health state where I'm just like, okay, I need a little bit more health or not, Whether wherever I'm at, I continue to talk about that. And that's why I also continue to try to keep some type of creative practice in my life that just reminds me of like, hey, you're not just here to just consume and take in and just bear it all on your shoulders. Like you need that room to exhale. You need that room to, to let it out. Like, you know, we're we're having this conversation on video and you can actually see right behind me that there is some paper that I have laid out and I literally just got one color and some water and I just painted some blue over some different pieces of paper. I don't have a purpose for that particular series, if you will. It doesn't have a name. It doesn't have nothing. It's literally just sitting there drying. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with that paint on that paper. But I do know that while I was painting, while I was moving my hand, I was being reminded that I can be present to this very moment. I have something to say, even if it's just in this small way.
1: I think creativity is often taken for granted a lot of the time with when it does come to how it makes us feel. Cause we all yeah. need, I think all of us in some respect need some kind of outlet to mm-hmm. help us unwind and uh, not be so bound up.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like oh my goodness. It, it yeah. Exercise.
1: Right. But yeah. I also write, I, I used to make movies. Um, all those things, but they all contribute to living a healthy and, and more sustainable life. I, I really mm-hmm. believe.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I hope to someday try like some type of art therapy. I've never, I've never like done that before. Cause I, I cause I think that there's some, there's overlap between like, making the art, telling the stories of like you said, working on movies and this therapeutic element. And, you know, I'm not like a psychologist, but I'm just really fascinated in that. I feel like there's, there's a lot of overlap there, which is really cool.
1: There is. And it also has a lot to do with helping people overcome trauma And and mm-hmm. there's yeah. also dancing. I've heard we we'll, we'll talk, just saying a moment ago that we were not going to touch on dancing. Oh yeah,
2: I know I said that jokingly,
1: and then here we are. But, but here we are. Um, but it's it's like that that movement, I guess, with your body because your body does keep a lot of the stress and mm-hmm. a lot of the tension. So you got to get it out somehow. Yeah. For for some people it could be dancing. Other people like yourself, it could be expressing it in art. Like I mean, that's mm-hmm. still a way to to get it out in yeah. in a lot of respects. So, yeah, I've I've done a quite a bit of research and and learned a lot when it comes to healing managements because I'm still healing from my trauma and all those things. <laughs> so, yeah. I I really think that this book is going to help so many people, but um, Morgan, you also do touch on a rather heavy topic in the book which is towards racism and <laughs> understanding I guess, really racism as a whole, which is not a peaceful thing um, to begin with. But I wanted to ask you, how have you been able to come to terms with the idea of the racism still exists even today, which is pretty sad to to even comprehend, but how yeah.
2: have you been able to come to terms with that? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, in one word, I could say history because history for me, being a, a African-American who is a descendant of slaves in America, its history shows me that through the enslavement, the impre- the oppression through and, and all that transpired from that and after that, there have been so many of us, meaning my ancestors and people that came before me, who were working toward freedom, freedom to breathe, and not only for themselves, but for the community as well. And one of my favorite examples is there's a church in Savannah, Georgia. I grew up in in Georgia in the U.S., And there's a church in this um, very historic, kind of like historic part of the country where there was the it was the first African Baptist church in Savannah, Georgia. And when you go on a tour of this church, you'll see that there are holes that were drilled into the floorboards of the church. And those holes were there because beneath the floorboards of the church. That is where slaves were hiding to await freedom. So these holes created breathing room while they were waiting to get freedom, to be free. And when I when I first learned of that as a little kid, it always just stayed with me. And as I got older, I began to see, I was like, wow. This poetry and art and things that I make today, it's a part of a lineage of creating breathing room for those awaiting freedom. And yes, the work I do today isn't exactly the same, but I know that it's rooted in that. It's rooted in, even when I am at my best, at least one of my neighbors is at their worst. Yeah. even when i'm having the most peaceful wonderful moment there's somebody somewhere having the exact opposite experience and that is that is why i continue to show up that is why when unfortunately when when over the past few years when when we had say the protests around George Floyd's death I intentionally positioned my artwork and what I shared to create a safe space for 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 black people and particularly black people in America because there's a lot of pressure a lot of times to educate other people like oh here's what's going on and I'm like there's a lot of people doing that and there's nothing wrong with that but I also want to make it known that hey this is a lot and if you are on the receiving end of what's happening and you're not able to be the educator right now, you're not able to like come up with some positive uplifting message to encourage people, that is okay. And i I, I feel very, very at peace <laughs> um, that 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 is my role right now. and I, and a lot of times when, even when I, when I share a lot of time, my, my artwork has like a lot of words on it. Mm. And there are times where I'll just share like a peaceful blue painting that I painted and I will just write the word breathe on it. And I'm doing that very intentionally. I do that thinking of the person thinking of the oppressed. I do that thinking of the one who doesn't feel like they have freedom to breathe. So mm. it's, Yeah, I I learned so much by looking back. I learned so much by looking at those who came before me and how they have already been engaging in that practice of of making room for others. And and I just hope to continue that.
1: And I hope that people listening or watching this can take that inspiration and that comfort from your artwork when they do see it. Because I know I have, when I've looked at it, it's just been this calming, just beautiful thing (laughs) that I've been able to experience. So thank you. Um, Thank you for doing that for Mm -hmm. not just me, but everyone else, especially during those crazy times of unrest and lack of peace in the world. Because yeah, like I said, it's sad to think that racism even today Mm -hmm. still exists. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's a lot that we don't see or hear about in mainstream media, but it still goes on. Yeah. I'm not naive and I want people to do better, to be better. Like they can be better. We yeah. should be better. Like that is the the ultimate goal, right? So we can, we should become more peacemakers. So yeah, absolutely. I've got a few more
2: questions for you,
1: Morgan, if that's okay with you.
2: Yeah. I'm going to grab some water really quick. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> But my big country water bottle. I love (laughs) it.
1: I've got my 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 water here. (laughs) Keeps me going. (laughs) Yes. But for those people that don't know how to become a peacemaker, what are some tips and strategies that you could give to them?
2: Yes. You need to make. You need to make things. And what I mean by that is To be a peacemaker it's it's not always going to be something we can say a lot of times it's going to be something that we can do it's going to be there's someone in my community who's struggling what can I do, how can I help, how can I be present. Even if I don't have the words, even if I don't have the answer, what can I do to communicate that I'm here for you? I see you and you're not alone. And while that may seem like a big task, um, especially if you've got like a busy schedule or (laughs) just a lot going on, it's like, okay, that sounds great in theory or whatever. But the thing is, is there's a billion different ways of doing that. I've happened to find some through making art, but that is just barely scratching the surface. I I share this not to like be like, oh look at me, um, look at what I do. But I was I was leaving a coffee shop a few months ago, and I saw a young man on the corner who had on a shirt that had like a, it was like a, it was a t-shirt. that was like a Memorial t-shirt and it had like a, a man's face on it. And the date of his birth and death, that's all I could see. And then he was also holding a sign that said, I'm trying to bury my brother and we don't have the funds. And I didn't have any cash. I don't carry cash. I rolled down the window and I said, Hey, do you have a cash app? <laughs> and he looked at me like, I actually do. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Can you send me your Cash App? I mean, just tell me through the window. And he told me some kind of way I remembered it. I waited till I got home and I sent $200 and I never heard from him ever again. And for all I know, who knows? Maybe it was a scam. Maybe it wasn't. It doesn't matter. What matters is that I took that moment to say, I I see you as a human being. And I'm not saying it has to be monetary. I'm not saying you have to do that, but it doesn't take art. It just takes seeing other people. And I've had other moments like that where I'll go through my phone, like my contact list on my phone, and I'll find somebody who I just haven't texted in a long time. And I'll just take a moment and I'll think of them and I'll just say, huh, let me just say hey to them just because. And I've done that a few times and they respond like, who's this? <laughs> like they don't even have the number anymore. But I share those examples as just, as just, there's a whole range, you know, sometimes you have the money, sometimes you have the energy, sometimes you have the skill, sometimes you have the creativity, sometimes you have the the physical ability to lift something. Sometimes you have the emotional ability to lift someone's spirit. And there's so many different, well, many different that we can do And I think that that's how we make peace in the world by actually making, making opportunities to be present to one another. So that's what I hope to, you know, encourage other people to to give a try.
1: I love that. Where do you want people to get a copy of your book, Morgan, connect with you and learn more about you before I ask you the final question?
2: Yeah. So I am Morgan Harper Nichols pretty much everywhere on Instagram and Morgan has a link to my book, my podcast and all that good stuff. Morgan I'll
1: make sure everyone knows where to get a copy and where to find you. It's called peace is a practice, an invitation to breathe deep and find a new rhythm for life. Morgan, this has been Once again, another great conversation for me to participate in. So thank you so much for your time. But my final question for you is what do you love the most about your story and yourself?
2: Oh, thank you as well. This has been such a a great conversation. It really has. I would say what I love about my story, and it's also an extension of myself too, but is That it's a cycle and that it's not this linear path of perfectly laid out stones up a mountain and that I'm just done. But that I have the opportunity to cycle through different seasons and learn something every single time i come around i like to think of it like where my birthday is at it's like the the one point on the circle and then i just circle around i have all these experiences of like wow i feel great at this new age and oh my gosh i don't know what i'm doing i feel terrible oh my gosh what's happening and i just circle back around every year every year oh it's a cycle and i'm so grateful for that because it just takes the pressure off and you know what i love about myself is that i'm i'm learning more and more to just not take life so seriously and to to recognize obviously yes there's a lot of very serious things in the world which is all the more reason to find opportunities to just chill out <laughs> and just like, you know, take off the, the poet hat, the philosopher hat that I love to wear and just, just be present to the moment. And I'm just really proud of myself for learning how to do that. So, yeah.
1: It's an amazing send off message for people. Morgan, I could speak to you for ages. <laughs> You're such a fun oh. <laughs> and joyful person to speak to. Uh, but thank you so much for your time today, for your stories, your wisdom, your advice for Once again, all the things you're putting out there into the world, it is bringing a lot of positivity. I have no doubt that God is like cheering (laughs) up there in heaven as well as much as I am too. But thank you so much for joining me today again on the Storybox podcast. Cannot wait for the next time. I really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you And don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, hello?